The Steve Freeman Podcast is brought to you by ArtistDevelopmentAcademy.com, the number one resource for aspiring singers, songwriters, and producers to get the access, information, and guidance you need to be successful in the modern music business. Members get an all-access pass to our entire library of online courses taught by hit songwriters and producers, engineers, label executives, publishing company executives, plus a brand new course is added every single month. You also get access to our weekly and monthly members-only live stream events to be able to ask questions from industry insiders regarding your specific career, and you get full access to the members-only forum where you can find co-writers and collaborators from around the world, share your work for positive feedback, and get the support of a growing creative community of songwriters, singers, artists, and producers just like you. Get 30% off your annual membership right now by entering the code STEVE at checkout. Join now at artistdevelopmentacademy.com. The The music music business business without without all the bullshit. bullshit. This is the Steve Freeman Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Steve Freeman Podcast. So good to be here with you while you're here. Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast no matter where you're listening. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, anywhere. It doesn't matter. Be sure to leave us a written review just like this one from W. Boker. Rated as five stars is about time. Dude, I've needed your podcast for like 20 years ago. I don't know what else to say other than that. Preach. Keep it up. W. Boker, thank you so much for leaving a written review. If you would like to have a review featured here on the podcast, all you have to do is leave one on Apple Podcast or iTunes. Make sure you're following me on social media at the Steve Freeman on all social media platforms. If you'd like to take my free artist development masterclass, you can find that as well at thestevefreeman.com. It's, it's like four to six hours worth of stuff. So I'm telling you. It's very helpful, and you're going to love it. So go check it out at thestevefreeman.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. I know at my house, we we talked kind of last episode about the move. We sold our house and doing the big move and all of that kind of stuff. Well, we also bought new furniture that has not been delivered yet. So I have to say thanks to Secret Labs Chairs, Uh, I have been sitting on one of those in the new living room watching TV for the last six, seven days. Uh, The new furniture is hopefully going to be delivered like on the 13th. Part of it's on the 13th. Some of it's coming later in the month. But you know what? It's just it's one of those deals. It's one of those things. I never thought that I would sit in an office style gaming chair to try to relax. You know, usually do that, sit at the computer or, you know, playing video games, whatever it is that you're doing. But... In this case, I've been it's sitting in the middle of the living room because that's all there is in the living room. There's an area rug, there's my gaming chair, and the TV. But you know what? Such is life. We are starting to move. I don't know where you are. But here in Nashville, we are starting to move into this first of a four-phase plan to reopen the city. Um... I was looking over the weekend and reading a lot of different news from other sources and and around the country, and even really around the world for that matter. And it seems like everybody has this four-step plan that they're trying to put into place. Um, I will say over the weekend, 
I did go into an, a, a department store for the first time in almost six weeks, uh, maybe even longer than that. Uh, but we did. And I had to go into Target. Now, I tried to place the order where I could just pull up and go through the drive through thing. That was my goal. My goal was not to have to go into the actual store because I don't know that I'm there yet. I'm not, you know, I'm not buying into this whole thing like I was at the very beginning, right? But I still thought, you know what, we're, we're just entering this first phase. I don't, I don't know for sure that I just want to, you know, go trancing through Target, you know, because um, I don't have a mask. Um, I don't look good in masks. Um, so, but I got there and I was looking on the thing and I, I pulled in the line where they would bring it out to me. And I realized that it said that I had to go to guest services to pick it up. So I thought, okay, here we go. It's been a while. But let's do this thing. And I have to say, those of you that have done this probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But it felt very weird walking into Target. Like, seriously, it felt foreign. Like it was the first time I had ever done it. You've got that little bit where you're apprehensive. And then you look around and like half the people are wearing masks. One thing that I don't get is watching these people walk in is... Everybody that was wearing a mask, they were not wearing gloves, which is is kind of a oxymoron thing to me. It's like I also saw a lot of people coming in with their children and they made their children wear masks, but they weren't wearing masks. And one of the things we've been told through this whole thing is, you know, older people are more susceptible. So I don't know. Is this a mass confusion as I'm walking into Target? But one of the things they did have, and I'm sure a lot of these places do, I know gas stations do, uh, but, you know, they've got the little dots on the floor that are exactly six feet apart so that you know where it's quote unquote or supposedly safe to stand. And, you know, everybody at Target, I have to say, everybody at Target was wearing gloves, was wearing masks, all the employees. Um so it seemed like everything, everybody was really trying to do their part to make, you know, you feel as safe and as comfortable as possible walking around the store. What I thought was odd and funny were the different combinations of people who, like I said, would, would have on masks, but not have on gloves or would have on gloves, but didn't have on a mask or the kids would have on masks and the parents wouldn't have on masks. It's just strange. It, it really just look like a a cesspool of confusion over the coronavirus. Like nobody actually has any idea how to get it. If you're going to get it, if you're not going to get it, what, how you should protect yourself. It's like nobody knows. There, there's, there's like no definitive do this from, and I know what they say on TV and everything they're telling us to do, but I'm just saying when you get out into the real world and you see people that are shopping and doing everybody's doing something different. And, and I don't know if that's going to help us get through this thing or not. I, I know, I think I'm at the point now where we just need to open shit back up because we, we've got to somehow develop a, an, an immunity to this thing. And we have to let our bodies do their job. Now, I understand if you're older, you know, elderly and things like that, probably not the best of ideas. But I think for the rest of us that are, you know, for all intents and purposes in decent health and good health, we've got to give our bodies a chance to do what it is that God designed them to do. And I for it's 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 gone on long enough. I, I don't I cannot stay at home anymore. 
I'm, I'm just, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm tired of it. And if we don't start to get back to normal, then we're not ever going to get back to normal. And, and what we're doing now becomes the normal. And, and I don't know about you, but I am, I refuse. I absolutely refuse to accept that this is the new normal. I was driving through Starbucks the other day and the guy at the drive-thru, I mean, he had his gloves on, had his mask on. He goes, well, how are you liking the new normal? And I, and I, I said, this is not normal. I, I'm, it's never going to be normal uh, for me. So I'm ready for us to get back to work. I'm ready for the businesses to get back open. I'm ready for our economy to come back. And I'm ready for us to decide, okay, let's let our bodies do. We've got to develop an immunity to this thing and, and let's move on. Now, everybody, have you, have you started noticing now the thing is, oh, we're expecting it to come back in the fall. I, I, to me, it's just a bunch of fear. But anyway, that was my weekend. Um, I was I was afraid to walk in Target, <laughs> you know, and th- I mean, but I did. And actually, I, we went twice and, and had to do the exact same thing. So it all went well. Um, but anyway, we're, we're in this phase one. We've been tr- thinking about making a trip as a family. And it's like, you know, as as things start to open up, it's like you've got to know if where you're going or things even going to be open. Is it even worth making a trip? Um, so as we head into this week, um, it's going to be interesting to see how things go with, with this phase one of, uh, restaurants being able to open and have dine in service, but, but only to 50% of the capacity. And then, you know, I guess they're going to have somebody at the door that's counting people. If they've got a capacity of 200 people, they're going to, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to watch and see, but I'm ready to get back. Uh, to normal. Before we jump into today's topic, we're going to talk about record deals and publishing deals because I got uh, another email over the weekend, somebody asking me. So, and I've talked about this before and and I, I maybe this time I can answer this question. And the next time um, I do get this question, maybe what we'll do is just refer them to this episode of, of the podcast. Um, but I want to go over it and, and I'm going to give you some really hard truths. Um, before we do that, I did get an e- a DM from one of you guys on Instagram um, over the weekend. And, and I want to touch on this very quickly. And this is about rights. Now, I don't know a big deal about the portion that this artist is in. They are in, they make beats and they sell beats. Okay. Not my, I've, I've never, I've made no bones about this is not my thing. That is, it's not what I do. It's not what I've ever done. It's not what I ever will do. I don't know that world very well. But one thing that I do know, this person uh, messaged me on Instagram and said, hey, um, I've had a company reach out to me that wants to represent my catalog of beats. But in order to do so, they want me to sign over all of my rights, 100% of my rights to all of the beats that I've made, to all of the productions that I've made, and we will split royalties. Now, I want to make this very clear. I've talked about this in the past, how it has to do and relate to the publishing business and and things like that. But I want to put this out there so that maybe more of you will benefit from this answer. It is never okay to give away your rights for representation, ever. Don't ever give 100% of your rights away so that somebody else can represent your product. It is not necessary. Now, what these companies or people or publishing companies, or in this case, this, this, this beat pack uh, company, 
they will come back at you and they will say, well, look, we, we only are allowed to represent things that we own the rights to. Now, there are two reasons that this basically is. One is on the up and up and one is full of shit. The, the first one is a lot like when it comes to sync for doing music and songs for TV and film. The easier something is to clear, the more likely they are to use it. So if one person owns all of the rights, when that television show production or film or music supervisor wants to use this particular piece of music in a television uh, show or film, if they only have to want to go, go to one person to clear the rights, then that makes it that much easier. They do not want to spend weeks, days, months trying to get all of the different songwriters and their publishing companies to sign off on allowing them to use the music. So if one person owns all of the rights, it makes it that much easier. That is the one that's on the up and up. The one that's full of shit is using that excuse to say that we have to you have to turn over 100 percent of your rights in order for us to represent your catalog. That is not true. Uh, that has never been true. They you can sign a representation agreement just like a co-publishing agreement where you are signing a co-publishing deal with a publishing company, but you're not assigning them all of your rights. They don't need to own all of your publishing and all of your writer side shares. They don't need to own all of that to go out and pitch your songs. That is all all of that finite information and details are found in the contract. So really quickly, in answering that question, never, ever, ever, ever sign over your rights for representation. It is not necessary. You can totally do that deal and say, hey, I'm not going to assign you my rights uh, but what I will do is we'll do a, a royalty split. I will sign a contract with you that gives you the license and ability to represent my catalog, my beats, my production packs, whatever you want to call them. Should you get them placed, should you get them used, then we split the royalties 50-50, 70-30, 60-40, whatever. They do not. Publishing companies, uh, in this instance, beat production companies, beat packs, things like that, they do not have to have 100% of your rights in order for you to be represented by them. So don't fall for that uh, because once they own your rights, they own your rights. Now, it may be a thing where it's for five years and then it reverts back to you. Ten years. But I got to be honest with you, most of the contracts that I've seen are in perpetuity. You are signing those rights over forever and you can't ever get them back. A lot of what we're talking about with this is predatory. Um, it's real easy for these companies to take advantage of your desire to get on a big project or have, you know, make beats for something or, or you know, a, a Timbaland or somebody like that ends up using you. I understand the, the, the allure of it for you, but I'm telling you that the likelihood of that happening is a, is a very, very, very minute and low, minuscule percentage. And it is not worth turning over 100% of your rights. So I want to make sure that I'm very clear on this. Never, ever, ever give away your rights for representation, ever. All right, now into the main topic I want to talk about in this episode, record deals and publishing deals. Because I get, an, whether it's an email or whether it's a DM on social media, I get this so often. And, and it, how do I get a record deal? How do I get a publishing deal? I'm going to try to make this as definitive as humanly possible, okay? 
So here's how I'm going to say this, and I'll go into some details and we'll talk about it a little bit in depth. But here's the here's kind of the statement that I want you to keep in your mind. Let's start with record deals. If you want a record deal with a major, I mean, why would you want a deal with an independent label? They don't have any money. They don't have any political capital. They can't get you on the radio. They can't. They don't have the funding that it requires to take you where you really want to go. So let's just even throw independent labels out of it because they're no good. They can't do anything for you. So let's talk about major labels and you want to get a major label deal. Listen very carefully. Getting a major label deal is like getting a loan from a bank. They will give you one if you can prove to them that you don't need it. Now, you're Steve, what exactly do you mean by that? I mean, when you go to the bank to get a large loan or a loan of, let's say, a $20,000 loan, personal loan, whatever. In order for that bank to give you that $20,000, you have to prove to them that you don't need their $20,000, that you've got it either in collateral or in a savings account or in a 401k, need a record label. Let that sink in. And I understand that's, that's hard. But look, they are looking for artists who have done the heavy lifting. They are looking for the artists who are, as it, just like the bank, they are looking for artists who already have the collateral. And in the, the case of the music business, that collateral comes in the form of a large and engaged fan base, a successful track history of sales and streaming as an independent artist without a record label, an artist that is out playing 150, 200, 250 shows a year, that's already engaged, already out on the road, already building a fan base. Those are the different things. An investor. There are a lot of major labels now that are not signing acts that don't come with an investor attached to them so that the record label is not out all of the money. They are looking to partner with artists instead of sign artists. They don't do. We've talked about this before. They don't do artist development anymore. So nobody is out here plucking these artists from obscurity and going, let's put a million dollars into that guy or let's put a million dollars into that girl. That's not what they're doing anymore. What they're doing is, okay, let's we want to sign a couple artists. Let's take a look at who's out there and what's available. The artist that they are going to pick has the collateral. They have the collateral already. They are making noise on their own. They have a lot of streams. Uh, They have a very large and engaged fan base. Here's another one. A lot of artists that get signed, you'll notice, have, have been or are going to be on a television show. Whether that's American Idol, whether that's The Voice, or even bigger than that is when they're not even have anything to do with music reality shows. When they're on a sitcom or a drama or any CW show. The reason they do that is because, again, those already uh, those artists already come to the table with the collateral. So the record label's not really taking a chance. What they're going to do is spend money to make things that are already happening go faster. How many times have I said it? They look for already moving trains. What's the saying? Nobody wants to show everybody wants to jump on a moving train, but nobody wants to shovel the coal to get it going. It's the same thing. They are not interested in shoveling the coal to get your train going. They want to jump on your train that's already speeding down the track. They can use the influence that they have 
over radio, over a lot of the mainstream media outlets. They can use the influence and the market share that they can control to take you from the level that you are right now to the level where you want to be and the level where they can make big money. So that's the, the kind of rounded short version of the answer is how do you get a record deal? Don't need one. Put yourself in a position to where you don't need the record label. And, and in all honesty, we've talked about this in the past as well, but needing a record label really comes down to the fact of how you define success. Because I know a lot of independent artists out there that are having a lot of success, that are making money, that are on the road touring, uh, that are selling merch, that are, are really being successful as they define it. Now, there are a lot of artists that will sit around and look and go, OK, but I, that's not how I define success. I don't want to make $250,000 a year. That's not successful to me. I want to make a million dollars a year. Well, I would tell you two things. One, first, you've got to get from where you are to the $250,000 level or the $100,000 level or the $50,000 a year level, because I know a lot of you out there ain't making shit. You sit around and you dream about making it all the way up here to the top of the mountain. But you don't see the steps that it takes to get there. You don't see the steps that it takes to go from where you are making nothing, playing for free, to getting to that $5,000 level, and then the $10,000 level, and then taking those steps up. Everybody spends more time sitting where you're sitting, trying to figure out how to go from nowhere all the way to the end of the race without actually having to run the race itself. And I think that keeps most people from success more than anything, because we have this predetermined idea of what we think and what we define success as that unless it is that thing, then it's not actually success. And I promise you that if you at least strap on the tennis shoes and you start to run the race, you will find that that real success and real reality in the music business is somewhere in between. Because the ones that actually make it all the way to the end of that race and win that race are like one in 10 to 15 million. And I don't know everybody listening to this podcast very well. There's too many of you to know personally, but I'm going to tell you that there are the, the, the numbers are not in your favor. But anybody that is willing to shovel the cold, to strap on the shoes, to go out and run the race and do the hard work, it is well within your grasp to reach a part of that. Now, it may cause you and, and it may require that you change your ultimate definition of how you define success. But I can promise you that you will find it on one level or another if you're not willing, if you are willing to do the hard work. How many times have I said it? It comes down to persistence, consistency, and a willingness to sacrifice. I find so many people who have the persistence, who have the consistency, but are not willing to sacrifice. I see a lot of artists who are willing to sacrifice, but don't have the consistency and have no idea what it means to be persistent. So as this relates to what we're talking about today and getting a record deal, if, you, if that is your goal and you truly, honestly want a major label record deal, then you've got to go out and do the heavy lifting yourself and put yourself in a position to where you don't need the record label. Because there's a kind of a, an unspoken rule in the music business. I know it's not so much this way in L.A. 
um, as it is here in Nashville. But I, since I've been here in Nashville 15 years, I've seen it time and time and time again. If you have to ask, the answer will always be no. It has to be their idea. They have to be the ones to have thought it up or discovered it. It has to be their idea. You'll never walk a great idea into a room in Nashville and they adopt it. What they'll do is say no, and then you'll walk out of the room, and then they'll sit around and come up with another form of your idea, and then it was their idea. Then all of a sudden, it's a great thing. That's why nobody wants to, no record label in town wants to sign any artist until they have an offer from another record label. And then all of a sudden, everybody wants that artist. Nobody in this town, the powers that be, the record labels, the publishing companies, nobody. Nobody wants to be first. Again, nobody wants to shovel the coal. So if you want a record deal, put yourself in a position where you don't need one. Go out, build your engaged fan base. And you say, Steve, how do I do that? Go to thestevefreeman.com and take the free artist development masterclass. It's 100% free and I show you exactly what you need to do. Join the Artist Development Academy. That's what all of this is designed to do is to show you and help you reach a point, even this podcast, to where your definition of, of making it or being successful is not reliant upon a third party that you don't control, that you don't control the outcome, you don't control the decision making. Take the decision making factor completely out of it. If, if having that record deal is the end all for you and that's where things have to go and that's what you want to have happen, the best case scenario in order for that to happen is for you to put yourself in a position where you don't need one. And the minute you put yourself in that position and you reach that point, I can promise you, you will not be able to stop your phone from ringing because major labels love jumping on already moving trains. They want a part of the revenue you're making. They do not. I repeat. They do not want you being successful without them. They want a piece of every penny out there. They are in the business of making money. That is one of the, the big things that I have to deal with new artists all the time when it comes to record labels. They are not there to help you. They are not there to make you popular. They're not there to make you famous. They only do those things so that they make money. They are in the music business. And more so, they're in the business of music. We, we oftentimes think that we, we, we forget that this is a business and it's all about money. It is all about the money coming in versus the money going out. And their model is to make more than they spend, which should be the model of any business. And that's why I don't get mad at record labels for operating the way that they do. I'm all for it. It's capitalistic society. Make all the money that you can possibly make without investing or spending as little as humanly possible. That is the American dream. So I cannot blame them for operating the way that they operate. But if you want in this business and you want to navigate this business and you want to take advantage of the amazing things that can happen in this business for you, you have to understand where the people that you want to partner with, where they're coming from. They don't give a fuck about you as an artist. They don't give a fuck about how good your songs are, how great your voice is, how stylish you are. They don't care about any of that on face value. They care about that only to the extent that it will make them money. That's the first and foremost fundamental thing that you need to understand. 
The music business has nothing to do with talent. It has nothing to do with songs, only to the extent to where they can be monetized. For you songwriters listening, same thing. You want to get a publishing deal? Get a cut on a major artist. Do what you've got to do. Come to town and write with a bunch of nobodies that don't have any success, don't have any cuts until you work your way up to a point. It may be three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years. It may be. If you're not ready to put in that work in that time, then I have nothing for you. I don't have any. I don't I don't I don't feel bad for you. It takes time. They say this is a seven year town for a reason. In some cases, it's 10 years, 15 years. If you're not willing to shovel the coal and put in all the work to do all the shitty co-writes with people that don't matter until you reach a point and you work your way up the levels and you reach a point where you finally write with somebody that does have a meaningful publishing deal and then you get a cut on a major artist, that's when you get a publishing deal. And let me say this, that is when you get a publishing deal that matters. These independent publishing companies in and around Nashville that don't have any success to point to whatsoever, getting a publishing deal with them doesn't matter because they're not ever going to get those cuts on major artists. I'm talking Sony, ATV, Warner Brothers, Warner Chapel, you know, Carnival, um, Olay, publishing companies, major publishing companies that have a track history of having cuts on major artists. And the, the main reason that they do that is like we talked about in a few episodes ago, and that is that all of the major labels have sister companies that are publishing companies, and they go there first. That is the first line of defense. When they are looking for songs for the major label artist on their label, they are looking at their sister publishing companies. Why? Because they make more money. I said it in that episode a while back, and I will say it again. They will cut a shitty song by one of their writers over your great song every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Because this town is not about songs. It's not about great songs and great music. It is about making money. Money is what greases the wheels and makes the wheels go round. So if you want a publishing deal, do the hard work that it takes. Do all the shitty co-writes that you don't want to do with people that don't matter. Until you work yourself up through that those levels and you're writing with people who can give you an opportunity to actually be a part of a song that gets cut by a known and successful artist. Even if it's just an album cut. If, if it's just an album cut, you can take that information and you can take it to a publishing company and have a good shot at getting a publishing deal. Now, be aware that you've put in all this work to get to this point, right? And you're thinking, oh, now I'm finally going to make some money. No, because in order for that publishing company to sign you, they're going to want you to turn over your rights to that song. The only reason they want you as a songwriter is to get your royalties that are coming your way, your publishing royalties from that song in their pocket. That's it. So it's not like you're going to get this cut all of a sudden and then they're going to offer you a publishing deal and you're going to get 30,000, 40, 50, 60, 100,000. No, you're going to make $1,200 a month and they are going to take all of your publisher side royalties and they're going to own them of the song that you just got cut. So you're still not going to make any money. Now, listen, I know that is a very bleak outlook, but guys, girls, it is 100% truthful and that is the way that it is. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Everybody has to start somewhere. 
In order to get where you want to go, again, you have to go through the trials. You have to go through and actually do all of the hard work. Some of that is going to be, like I said, the shitty co-writes, the bad publishing deals. All of that is a part of the process. So to recap, you want a record deal? Put yourself in a position where you don't need one and they will contact you. Trust me, they will be all over you. If you can put yourself in a position to where you are making money, your phone will start ringing. If you want a publishing deal, a publishing deal that matters uh, with a with a reputable company that, that can help you in your career, then it's almost the same situation. Uh, you need to not need it. Um, the easiest and fastest way to get a publishing deal is to have cuts. Pure and simple. So do the hard work, do the lead work, uh, strap on the tennis shoes, shovel the coal, do everything that you've got to do in either situation, record label or publishing. Do everything that you've got to do to put yourself in a position to where you don't need the record label and you don't need the publishing company. I promise you do that. And if that's your focus, then you will succeed and you will obtain those things. So stop sitting around and thinking about how do I get a record deal? I want to get a record deal. I want to get a publishing deal. I want to do this. I want to do that. Stop thinking and focusing on all that and and change right now in this very moment. Make your focus. If that's the end goal, make your focus to put yourself in a position to where you don't need them. If you can accomplish that, you will get that record deal and you will get that publishing deal. Guys, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Steve Freeman podcast. It is so good to have you here. You do not want to miss the episode coming up this Friday. My guest will be my buddy, Tom Dowd. Tom is a business partner and investor with Mark Wahlberg in Wahlbergers, um, in performance inspired nutrition, uh, in F45 training centers. one of the brightest to me business people on the face of the planet. He has an an enthusiasm and love of cars the way that I do. Uh, We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about being business partners with Mark Wahlberg. We're going to talk about the various businesses and how they've grown those businesses. It's going to be a great conversation. That episode is coming up this Friday, and I hope you will be there. Don't forget the podcast brought to you by ArtistDevelopmentAcademy.com. Head over there now, get some cool free stuff. Plus, you can get everything that you need to know about getting yourself in that position of not needing them. I think right now it's $19 a month or $150 a year. And if you enter code Steve at checkout, you get 30% off of either one. So head over and visit ArtistDevelopmentAcademy.com. Make sure you're following me on social media at the Steve Freeman and take my free Artist Development Masterclass at thestevefreeman.com. Guys, until next time, keep being creative, keep pressing the boundaries, and there's nothing wrong with being independent. See you in the next episode. The Steve Freeman Podcast, available now on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.